Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. You're listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. Covering Mississippi State sports like nobody else. With Sports Talk Mississippi's Brian Haydad and Robbie Falk of On3 Sports. Now get ready for Thunder and Lightning. This is Thunder and Lightning here on Super Talk Mississippi. Brian Haydad and Robbie Falk here with you on a Thursday morning. Thanks for joining us here at supertalk.fm or wherever it is that you get podcasts from. We appreciate all you guys out there, our great listeners, especially our service minimum out there taking care of us. We want to thank our sponsors over at Strange Brew Coffee House and Churn and Spoon Ice Cream. Start your day the right way with a trip to the drive-thru over at Strange Brew Coffee House here in Starkville or at Brupolo over in Tupelo. Be a little weird, Robbie, if Brupolo was in Michigan City. Oh, Justin Frommer might like that place. He would. He would. I, we got an injury. I, I'll see him tonight uh, at basketball. I'm going to tell him that we found we found where he needs to move when he's ready to retire. Once well, it just depends, out, honestly. Yeah. It, if it's a uh, you know if 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 it's Wolverine country, I don't know if that's going to work. What what it, it's in Benton County. You think there are any Wolverines there? Benton County is, is is that going to be you know if it's if it's Mississippi State fans he might confine that state script and it could be close enough yeah I don't know it's it's tricky Benton territory City looks like as far as like uh, communities and everything goes is about as far north as you can get in, in Mississippi without it actually being in Tennessee so formerly known as Davis Mills. So it was named after the former Stanford quarterback, for <laughs> Texas. I don't know how he got a city in Mississippi named after him, but regardless, <laughs> wherever you are in the great state of Mississippi, you can enjoy strange, or wherever you are in this country, by God, you can enjoy Strange Brew Coffee each and every morning. It's just a click away at strangebrewcoffeehouse.com. Remember, when you support Strange Brew Coffee House, you support the Bulldog Initiative, just like you do with our friends over at Pip Printing and Signs. Camden Baker wants your business, and he's willing to give to the Bulldog Initiative. From every sale he, you make with him, all you got—if you're a business owner, you're already spending money on printing. So let's switch your business over to an MSU-owned company, MSU Bulldog-owned company that's been doing business for 30 years. So you know they know how to take care of their customers. And 10% of every sale goes right back to the Bulldog Initiative in your name. That is a win-win for everybody. You can't beat that deal. I, you just can't. So call Camden Baker today, 601-499-5216. That's his cell number. That's how committed to customer service he is. He is giving you his cell phone number, not the company's number. You're not going to have to talk to any to, to any of his workers. You're talking to the owner of this company, and he will get you taken care of. 601-499-5216. When you need printing, call PIP-PIP today. College Corner, collegecornerstore.com is the place to find the maroon and white merchandise that you are looking for. Something we haven't really discussed, and I know that it gets MSU fans a little riled up, and I, and I agree with you. Before, before I say anything else, I agree with you. But the interlocking stuff, there's there's a time frame on that, right? They're, they're going to put that back in the vault at some point. I know it's been super popular. They shouldn't put it back in the vault, but they're going to. If you haven't bought it yet, or if you want to get some more pieces, now's the time. College Corner has got plenty of them, pullovers, polos, T-shirts, hats, everything with that interlocking MSU that you love. It's right there. Two locations to serve you in the Jackson area. Ridgeland by Fleet Feet, Floyd by the Half Shell, or you can shop online at collegecornerstore.com. 
I don't want to diminish. I don't want to uh, diminish or deter anybody from picking that stuff up, but I think there's a chance that we might have an extended period on the interlock. You know, you know, somebody has somebody's fast forwarded through these uh, these uh, ads uh-huh. because and they're like, oh, I'm tired of hearing this. This is why you don't do that. Yeah, we we occasionally have because a little smidget of a nugget. Of news, Bobby. You had my curiosity. Uh, now you have my attention. I, I think there's a chance. There's a chance. Got a chance. Got a chance. So Jim Ellis, telling me there's a chance. There's a chance that we will have an extended period on the interlocking. I'm not saying on the football helmets, but I'm saying for apparel specifically. I don't know if it's going to go away anytime soon. Just throwing that out there. Very good. So we will have you covered as far as uh, the uh, the apparel is concerned with college. While you corner, listen, listen to company. the ads. Listen to the listen. Ads. There you go. Restaurant Tyler is Starkville's flagship. Uh, does Restaurant Tyler are they extending the uh, the fried chicken? Is there still we still get fried chicken at Restaurant Tyler? Oh yes, they are. All right, good good news. That's also fantastic news, and it comes with crawfish sauce still. Correct. Yes. yes. Yes, it does. Two vegetables with that. Um, technically, yeah. Yeah, you probably you could add a third if you want. Still get that sweet potato cornbread, as far as we know. Absolutely, guys. I mean, I don't know what more we can do for you there. We just extended the interlocking MSU and set you up with a delicious blue plate at, at Restaurant Tyler. What more do you want from Robbie and I? We we just did that for you. So next time you're in Starbucks, right. grab some lunch. Grab it at Restaurant Tyler. 16 Priority One Bank locations throughout Central Mississippi. They are here to serve you. If you live in Central Mississippi, there's a location near you. If you want a bank that provides everything that a big corporate bank is going to give you for your finances, but you still get that small town feel, that community feel when you do business with them, then you need to talk to the good folks at Priority One Bank. If you live in Central Mississippi, there's a location near you. Find it, open an account today, let Priority One Bank make you their priority. Hard to believe, you know, if you mentioned this five, six, seven years ago, the National Signing Day would take a back seat to anything, but it certainly does. Only one addition to that class. We'll talk about it when we get back because we have got to start the show with our one and only correspondent here on the show. What happened with, at the hump between Mississippi State and Georgia? We go now to future Brian. Thanks, guys. This is Future Brian reporting to you from the future. Mississippi State defeats Georgia 75-62 in a game that the Bulldogs kind of dominated, uh, for lack of a better word. The only time they trailed was at 3-2. They led by as many as 15 points in the second half. Uh, Four Bulldogs in double figures, led by Tolu Smith, 19 points, 12 rebounds, so a double-double for him. Shaq Moore with 11, Josh Hubbard with 14, Keyshawn Murphy back in the lineup and in a big way, 10 points for him. Uh, Cam Matthews just barely misses a double-double. He had 9 points, 11 rebounds. Deshaun Davis, big game for him, only 5 points but 4 rebounds and 8 assists to only 1 turnover. Was really instrumental in the way he ran the offense for Mississippi State. And Sean Jones coming in, I mean, he, this is, if this isn't a DJ Jeffries line, you know, playing for the injured Jeffries, 7 points, 5 rebounds, uh, a couple of assists, a um, couple of blocks. 
You know, didn't shoot the ball well, but had a big three-pointer that when, when Georgia had cut the lead to three uh, and a point with the game where he was one of eight from the field, he took the shot uh, and drains it. That led to a, uh, a, a pushing the lead back out to six. State gets a, a stop. Hubbard comes down, hits another three, and all of a sudden the lead's back out to nine and a point in the game where it felt like Mississippi State may be letting Georgia back into it. They pushed the lead back. Rebounds the, uh, the Georgia Bulldogs by ten. Uh, only ten turnovers for the Bulldogs and 16 of 19 from the free throw line. I asked Jans in the postgame which one he was more pleased about. He picked the, the turnovers. But State to be 16 of 19 from the line. And Cam Matthews, three for three when you think about all the struggles that he's had. Um, at the free throw line, very good for him. Uh, just, just a good game, and, and getting Murphy back, I thought was really huge for State. Only played 15 minutes, but was able to give State some flexibility, gave them some big buckets in the first half, and really played well. And, and, and defense, they held Georgia to 35 percent shooting uh, in the game, and like I said, out rebounded them by 13 by 10, uh, had forced 13 turnovers. Um, and if not for uh, Georgia's uh, Noah Thomason who uh, hit six three-pointers tonight for 20 points. This game would have been a lot uh, less close uh, than it was. So so State played really well defensively, did enough on the offensive end. And again, you know, in these games, it's, and, and they didn't do it against Alabama, but even in the loss to Ole Miss, you, you're starting to see other guys pick up the pace offensively. You know that you're going to get your double digits from Hubbard and Smith you got to have a couple other guys, and it's it's different guys each week. You know, it's sometimes it's Cam Matthews and Deshaun Davis, uh, it's Sean Jones. This time it's Shaq Mooring and Keyshawn Murphy. But it can't be understated how good Davis was tonight. The eight eight assists to one turnover is an outstanding uh, margin for him. And and Georgia, you know, they they played a lot. They they pressured a lot, pressured the ball coming up the court. Davis was really in control on the offensive end and, and really played well. State 15-5 to five advantage in fast break points uh, with the times that uh, Georgia did try to, to uh, get out and, and, and press Mississippi State. State had a lot of success breaking that. 19 assists on 25 made shots for Mississippi State. That's a really good uh, effort there. So really good win for Mississippi State uh, in, in, a, in a situation where you know they need to win these next couple of games. Uh, this was a quad two win, I think. For say, may have been quad three. I need to, I need to double check that. Um, but these next two games are, I mean, you're talking about sub 100 uh, net teams in Missouri and Arkansas. So state has to get the wins. Jan said in the post game that you know, hey, we only ever focus one game at a time. But I told them this week we got to win two. We've got to win two, and he's right. State needs and 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 state needs that win for a number of reasons. One, uh, it's the next game. Two. It's a road game, and State is still without a road win on the year. And three, as I mentioned, Missouri is not a very good team. They lost uh, badly tonight to Texas A&M at home. Let me get the final score on that one. I didn't have it pulled up. Um, Where did it go? Yeah, final was 79-60, so a 19-point loss at home to an A&M team. That's, That's good, but not great. State's got to find a way to win that game, uh, and, that, and that's that's a big one for the Bulldogs. If they can get that win, they're going to be just fine going forward, and they have a week off to get ready to play Arkansas uh, in the, at the hump on uh, on Saturday. Pretty decent crowd tonight. I mean, an 8 o'clock tip on a weeknight, you're never going to have a, a sellout packed crowd for that, uh, no matter how good your team is playing. But I thought that was the crowd was good, the energy was good, and State helped them by basically controlling the game from the opening tip uh, on. So... Really nice win for the Bulldogs, all in all, and a uh, 
a, a win they had to have, and now they've gotten it. They improved to 15 and 8 on the year. They're 4 and 6 in the conference. Uh, if they can win these next two and get back to 500, all's going to be well in terms of the, uh, the, the their tournament hopes uh, this season. So, good win for the Dogs, and we'll uh, we'll see what happens to them on uh, Saturday. Guess I'll do the ad read now. Yeah. So, let's move into the rest of the show. That's brought to you by our friends over at the Mississippi Beef Council. We want to remind you that beef it is what's for dinner. You're cooking out this weekend. I am cooking out this weekend. I think I'm doing Mississippi pot roast this weekend. I got a couple of big chuck roasts. Let's get those on the grill, get them a little smoke, and then wrap them up and get them nice and tender. Maybe some pit mashed potatoes and gravy or some roast potatoes and some green beans. Do a big Sunday supper for the Super Bowl. You know, I'm not doing a Super Bowl party or anything, so why not put some, some beef on the grill? I think it's a good idea. I think you'll enjoy it too. This weekend, if you're cooking out, cook out with beef. Beef, it's what's for dinner, thanks to our friends at the Mississippi Beef Council. Two Brothers Smoked Meats in the heart of the Cotton District is the place to find the smoked southern soul food that you are looking for. And folks, it just doesn't get any better than Two Brothers Smoked Meats. If you haven't been since they've added, made those additions to the menu, go check it out. There's some new stuff on there that might be some of your new favorites, but your old favorites are all there as well. The best smoked wings in town. The, uh, the tacos, the prime rib sandwich, all of our favorites, they're just right there waiting on you. If you're going to be in Starkville anytime soon, you need to make sure you've got a trip. The Two Brothers Smoked Meats on the agenda. Don't forget, Two Brothers is a sponsor of the Bulldog Initiative. Great products and great service is what every business likes to promise you. They deliver it to you at Advantage Business Systems. They've been doing it now for 49 years. If you need technology for your business, give them a call. Copiers, printers, computers, laptops, whatever it is. And then when you need... Service after the sale, you can trust Advantage Business Systems. 49 years, they've been doing it. That's how you know. They've taken care of their customers. That's how they've stayed open this long. No 1-800 number, no call centers, no out-of-state technicians. A lot of times they're going to be able to take care of you the same day because they're in Mississippi just like you. 601-362-9192 is the number, or you can visit them online, absms.com. Find out how Advantage Business Systems will help your business do business. Maroon & Co. here in Starkville. First off, those gray jerseys tonight, if they're going to have those available, if you can buy a replica gray jersey, uh, you should definitely go do that. They are sweet. But, guys, I want to tell you about something tonight. So I I'm, I'm, I was watching a, a timeout, and I was like, is that a knee brace DJ Jeffries is wearing? Looks like he's got a knee brace on. No, he was wearing a pair of warm-up pants, and the banner rim was so big that I was able to see it from my seat in the hump, which is a few hundred feet away from the uh, – the, uh, the the court. That's how big that logo was. Come on. Go get you a new polo that looks good with the state script, with the M over S, with the interlocking. As you heard Robbie say earlier, potentially the interlocking sticking around a little longer. That's great news. And Maroon & Co. has all of those logos, all of those great-looking polos and shirts and button-downs and T-shirts and everything. Unique items that you can only find at Maroon & Co. right here in Starbucks. And, of course, they are the exclusive provider for Bulldog Initiative logo wear. Head over to Maroon & Co. here in Starkville. Next time you're in town, you don't want to miss that trip. All right, guys, back to the studio and present day, Brian and Robbie. All right, thanks to Future Brian for his time. Robbie, anything to say to Future Brian today? Yes, thank you, or you can go to hell. Very good. <laughs> I, I agree wholeheartedly. One uh, of the two. Yeah, yeah. So that's uh, for you, Vince McMahon. 
not not that I agree with anything that he's no, done in the past. No, no. Everything Vince McMahon related needs a disclaimer now. You got to say like, <laughs> like not that I agree with him, but get out here, you. Ra- <laughs> we can't we can't say those things anymore. Who knew he was talking about himself the whole time? The mustache totally makes sense now. Yeah, he was trying. He was he was about to go lamb it. He was about to like, I'll grow a mustache. They'll never know it's me. The the dastardly like yeah. the mustache from like the nineteen twenties. Yeah, yeah. The old tycoon mustache. Yeah, exactly. Um, let's play the song. Josiah Knight, as we discussed on Not Amish. No, I clicked I clicked on the uh the article from on three. And there's that video of you and Paul, and I, we got we got to help that guy. And we got to get. <laughs> we were talking about this before the show, and I didn't plan to bring it here, but that angle is rough. Like I'm looking up. Paul his- don't care, man. Oh my gosh, Paul don't care. He's just down to business. Six foot three, Strict- strictly business. Business. Six hundred thirty. Six hundred thirty-five pounds. Two hundred thirty-five pound outside linebacker, committed and signed with Illinois. And then says, and this is a quote, things didn't fall right with Illinois, was released from his letter of intent, and now will join Mississippi State's class of 2024, a four-star prospect on on three sports. Uh, 36 tackles, 15 for a loss, four sacks. Man, just a very good stat line for him. Um, Talked pretty well about his relationship with Coach Coleman Hutzler. We talked about him a little bit on Monday, and then, you know, looks like I, I think has Leland Smith has he committed? Has we have we missed that? Did he did he end up with Purdue? I don't. I haven't seen it. I but it, at, I it trending that way. It was supposed to be uh, at noon today. I, I don't see. I don't see where that's. Uh, yeah, I don't see it. So if he's committed, I've missed it. It doesn't matter. We'll come back to it on Friday show if if we have to. That's going to be it for this class. I, I think at the end of the day, for for you know a year zero class, right? You know, this is it, most of this, a lot of this class was committed when Jeff Lebby arrived. He made some additions to it. I think I think the biggest addition was getting Stonka Burnside back in, simply from a perception standpoint. That you know, losing another receiver to Ole Miss from Starkville would have just been a, it just would have been a really bad look. Um, mm-hmm. But he put together, you know, offensively, this is a very solid class when you take into account the transfer portal. Defensively, you know, there's some holes, but adding a four-star guy here on the last day is certainly nothing to sneeze at. And we, I think we both feel like they're off to a decent start in 2025 with, with, with who they've got some, some you know, relationships with and, and who they've already got in the class with Camario Taylor being a guy that I think Mississippi kids are going to want to rally around and play with. I think Jeff Libby deserves a pretty good pat on the back for for what his he accomplished here with this class overall. In uh, in we'll call this year zero uh, of of recruiting for Jeff Libby. Yeah, I mean, look at what they got since he arrived, and in a very short period of time. I mean, I'm talking <clears throat> what two three weeks. He picked up um, Mario Craver, Michael Van Buren, mm-hmm. Stonka. Got the transfers in here. 
picked up a junior college running back, um, filled some holes with other junior college players as well. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Brylon Lanier turned turned out to be a really big pickup for Mississippi State because not only does he fill a need, but he's a really talented player. We have him. He just got his rating today, four star. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have, we have him rated higher than anybody else um, across the networks. Number three safe, number number one safety in the country at a junior college. Mm-hmm. Number nine player overall. So that appears to be a really big one. And then he got the entire you know transfer class. And you know, say what you want. A lot of those guys fill some needs for them, and even the guys that you're not, you know, over the moon about, they should give Mississippi State some bodies to help them along the way with depth. Mm-hmm. So to me, it was really impressive. I mean, you go from close to 50th in recruiting to possibly top 25 if everything goes through correctly here. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the rankings, they could be a top 25 class. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, I, I get it. You look at the rest of the SEC, and it's it's not, you know, super uh, impressive because State's, you know, going to be probably 13th, 14th or so in the SEC. But when you start really, you know, scaling it down and you look at the SEC rankings, there's a large portion that's jumbled up, you know, from anywhere from, you know, 10 to 15 where you're like one one or two players apart. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, saying State's 14th, the, it doesn't really tell the true story. The Mississippi State's really just a couple of players apart from moving up several spots from these other teams. So you just want to be somewhere in the top 25, I think, to have a a team that can compete inside this league. I, I think consistently recruiting 20, 20 to 25 is going to have you playing in a good spot in late December and in January. So to, to close the way that they did, I think was really impressive. Agreed. Agreed 100%. So yeah, I am excited to see how this staff recruits uh, over the next eight months, nine months, uh, leading into signing day 2024 uh, in December, because I, I this is another good class in the state of Mississippi. It feels like state's off to a pretty good start. Feels like when Caleb Cunningham, if he eventually comes on board, and and all indications are that he will, that's going to be a guy that it's it's going to take some notice, not only in Mississippi but nationally, and and could could lead other players to want to come play at Mississippi State. Now, th- we talk about this all the time with new coaches. You got to deliver on that. Like his first year here, at Jeff Lebby, his offense needs to look the way we expect a Jeff Lebby offense to look. Coleman Hutzler needs to show some promise as a defensive coordinator. So, still a lot of work to do, but. This is a good close to this class, and uh, looks like the, the the starting point for 2025 is pretty good as well. By the way, if you missed it, uh, last night on Thunder and Lightning Live, I spoke with Coach Coleman Hutzler for the first time. Uh, that interview is available here on the podcast feed, and uh, you can always go check that out, and uh, hopefully uh, you will do so, and you will enjoy it. Future Brian knows how that interview went. I, I do not. Correct. And you're the one that conducted the interview. Well, future Brian, I guess, conducted future the Brian interview. has is conducting the interview. I, 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 <clears throat> this guy right here has, I've conducted nothing as of this moment. So it's, 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 it's an interesting, you know, di- you know, dilemma that I have there. Well, you're conducting the, uh, the interview questions right now in your mind. Yes, I do have the questions I want to ask in my mind. So. Uh, one more, speaking of interviews, uh, one more before we get out of here. I talked earlier, uh, I talked on Tuesday. 
to Teddy Cahill of Baseball America, one of my favorite guys to talk college baseball with as we get closer and closer to the season. I uh, wanted to get his thoughts not only on Mississippi State, but some SEC questions as well. Obviously, this is the, still the premier baseball conference in the country, the last four national champions from this conference. Uh, what does he think about this season in the conference, and what does he think about Mississippi State? Let's go down to that interview with Teddy K. I'm going to say the same thing to Teddy Cahill that I said to him in the conversation a year ago. I remember what I said. Teddy, it sucks when State's no good in baseball because I don't ever get to talk to you. This, I talked <laughs> to you one time last year. It was before the season. So let's see if we can't turn things around. Teddy Cahill, Baseball America, man. Thanks for joining me today. How are you doing? Absolutely. Hopefully we can get uh... – something better this season because uh yeah i went to starkville uh opening weekend and that was uh that was about the last time i really i really <laughs> got was to never do there anything state-wise. <laughs> let's let's start in the sec four straight national champions from the sec four different teams two first-time champs in there obviously if i told you there's going to be another sec champion this year but it's another first-time champ who would it be Oh, uh, that's a tough one. So first time champs, obviously we're eliminating now, uh, you know, Florida and LSU. Half the conference. Yeah, Vanderbilt's gone. Um, you know, I guess I got to say Arkansas as, mm-hmm. you know, they're, they're a top five team that, you know, surprisingly is is still waiting for that that trophy. So I, I would say them, um, you know, I think that, there are some other options, but I, I do think what Arkansas has on the mound, I really, really like the rotation potential with Hagan Smith at the front and then Mason Molina coming in from Texas Tech and Brady Tigert. Uh, in a postseason environment, like those three guys could be a real a real problem uh, for, for any opponent, uh, no matter who we're talking about uh, across the country. And then I trust the, the lineup's new, but I trust Dave Van Horn and, and Nate Thompson to to figure out the the lineup. Uh, they do it from year to year anyway, so that doesn't scare me too much. LSU, the defending national champion, I assume they will not take the same path as State and Ole Miss and finish last in the SEC the following season, but they're going to fall back a little bit. They lost the, the top two picks in the draft, the best pitcher and the best hitter in the SEC last year. How much does LSU fall back, or are they still right there as a national title contender? Yeah, for me, they're right there. Um, it's a different team, though. And so one of the things that I, I have, the, especially the last two years, watching what happened uh, in the Magnolia State that has made me think a lot about is, you know, what does leadership mean? What a program greats, uh, you know, like a Tanner Allen, like a Tim Elko, like what do they bring that, you know, is, is hard to quantify from the outside, hard to see from the outside. And, you know, so LSU lost those guys in Cruz and Skeens and even a Cade Beloso, uh, you know, what those guys brought uh, on the field numbers wise is incredible. Obviously like Cruz and Skeens were the first two picks in the draft and one of them won player of the year and one of them won golden spikes for a reason, but also just what they bring off the field. I don't want to understate how difficult it can be to replace that as well. So that's my, honestly, my biggest concern for LSU. I think the talent on the field is great. It's differently distributed. You don't have uh two, you know, like, absolute superstars fronting the lineup and and uh and the rotation but i think that the depth is really impressive i think that tommy white uh you know can be one of the best hitters in the country and you know 
LSU last year got tagged a lot of times as being very Paul Skeens dependent on the mound. And while that was never as fair as, you know, some people, uh, you know, as often as some people brought it up, I do think the depth is better on the mound. They don't have the the best pitcher in the country, but I I think the depth is better on the mound and, and that should help them. Skeens was no doubt the best pitcher in the SEC a season ago. Cruz was probably the best hitter, but he had some competition. Those guys are gone. Who's who's the top pitcher and the top hitter in the conference for you this year? I'll take Tommy White as the top hitter. I think what he does, uh, what he has done consistently over two years of college has been incredible. Uh, he has a chance to uh, break Matt Laporta's 21st century career home run record. Uh, Laporta took four years to hit more than 70 home runs. And Tommy White is, if he just does what he's done the last two years, he'll break that record in three years. Um, so that's really impressive. And, and just the way he is, the the completeness of a hitter, uh, I'm really impressed by. Uh, I mean, you can take CAGs in either of these categories, I suppose. Yeah. Like uh, Jack Haglione has to, has to be mentioned here. Uh, it's easy to forget about him and uh, because he is both. Uh, and he has as good of a stuff as as anyone on the mound. You don't have left-handers throwing 100. And then also he hit 33 home runs last year. So uh, he he fits in somewhere here. And then I mentioned Hagen Smith when I was talking about Arkansas, and like that was the other guy on the first team, uh, all-SEC starting pitchers. It was Skeens and, and Smith last year. And, um, you know, Smith is uh, – he he's had some control issues over the course of his career, but I, I really think he has the, the biggest upside of, of any of the pitchers in the conference. Let's turn it to our attention to Mississippi State. I, the biggest news of the offseason for the Bulldogs was bringing in Justin Parker from South Carolina. South Carolina was a good team last year, and, and Parker had a, a good setup there. I've asked Lamonis, I've asked Parker, now I'll ask you. You know, were you, I guess were you surprised that he took a job where? I mean, Lamonis is on a hot seat. He he can't have a third poor season, I think, and, and keep his job. Were you surprised he wanted to leave South Carolina for Mississippi State? You know, I, anytime you see somebody go interconference, there's a little bit of a surprise there, right? Because uh, you know, the the SEC is is so competitive and and everything like that, and and then you add in the the hot seat component uh, in Starkville. Uh, but I do think there's a fair amount of upside. Like, I understand why somebody would want that job. There's a fair amount of upside. If you come in and you do well, uh, you know, first of all, everybody loves you. And then, uh, you know, th- there's there's just so much, um, you know, to be gained at Mississippi State right now. There's a lot of talent on that team. There's a lot of talent in South Carolina, too, for sure. But, uh, you know, I, I, I can understand where it would be coming from. I also understand the from the outside and. I don't know if I would make a move like that, but you know, it's a there's a, a fair amount of risk in uh, you know just in, in what this season could be for Mississippi State as well. State's pitching last year was atrocious. The, the, the word I've used more than once is systemic. That that it wasn't just one guy who struggled; everybody struggled, and they all seem to have the same problems of command, of throwing strikes, of competing in, in at bats. When you watched State last year and you saw the, how they struggled on the mound. Are those problems fixable in one off season? Yeah, I mean that's uh, that's the biggest question here. And how much of it is something that can be coached out? How much of it is something that that was a, a player issue? You know, uh, just a were they bringing in the right players and and do they have the the wherewithal to to make the corrections that those players need? I mean, like when you talk about recruiting, like 
uh, yeah, you want to get the best players you, you can get, but you also have to kind of understand what you as a coaching staff can help them with it. You know, if, uh, if you're great at bringing out power, you can take a, a player that, that needs, uh, to learn how to develop that. But, but if you're, if you're not good at, at developing power as a, as a coaching staff, you have to find the guys with it already. So what, where, where do, do Justin Parker's strengths as a pitching coach where do they line up with uh with the weaknesses of, of the pitching staff he inherited and that's that's tough to evaluate i would say though that i think that they can definitely make strides uh in part because there is a lot of room to to grow from yeah. where they were last year obviously and then there was also just that was a lot the of kindest people. way you could have put it <laughs> uh there was also a lot of youthfulness last year yeah. uh you know so like if you you throw a lot of freshmen and they get some experience and then they see what they have to work on. Like one of the biggest jumps in development can happen between freshman and sophomore years. So now having seen exactly what they need to work on because their flaws got exposed as they pitched so much in the SEC last year, if you can get the freshmen now sophomores uh, better, like I do think that there's a fair amount of, of potential to to get a jump just from that age that age and experience uh factor a couple minutes ago you you talked about some of the best hitters in the sec where where do you rank hunter hines and dakota jordan in that group i mean i think you got to rank them pretty high like the the what dakota jordan can do is really impressive i mean he was voted a a preseason all-american uh for for us and and the way we do preseason all-americans is we get the we we outsource it we ask uh, the major league scouting directors to to vote so for to make it in, in the outfield is is pretty difficult. That means you're one of the nine. He was a third teamer, but that means he was one of the nine best outfielders in the in the country, according to MLB scouting directors. So like that tells you a little something about the tools and the upside there. Um, what he did last season, hitting 10 home runs, hitting 300. Like, I mean, that's uh, that's some loud stuff. And, the, and then Hunter Hines is, uh, you know, I mean, the, the career number is the. I just think he's been in the mix uh, for the lineup, been at the heart of everything uh, for the last two years. So I, I really like that pairing. I think they have, uh, you know, the they have what you want out of the heart of an order in an SEC lineup. I think you and I can both agree that if Mississippi State's not in the postseason this year, and I mean the NCAA tournament, not just getting to Hoover, that you know, when I have you back on in May, we might be talking about a coaching search. So, wh- wh- where does this team stack up in this SEC season? Are they going to be back in postseason play? Does Lamonis continue on here at Mississippi State, or is it going to be another down year for the Bulldogs? You know, I like so in in my SEC preview, I have them last in the SEC West again, and so that would be a out of the postseason scenario. Um, and part of that is just there is so much talent in the SEC West. I find it, uh, you know, it, it's just hard to move up. Uh, you know, for you to move up, somebody's got to move down. And we're talking about them needing to get like five or six more SEC wins than they did a year ago to to get into that regional discussion. And so that that becomes difficult to, to do. Um, that doesn't mean they can't do it. I think that the way that that happens is the the pitching staff a is a lot better, obviously, um, and, and just 
I think that last year was a younger team, like not just on the mound. They, they had a lot of youth in it um, and inexperience. I mean, even some of the older guys were new to the SEC. You get punched in the SEC a lot and you got to learn how to get back up. And I guess they, they have to show that they learned how to do that part of it. Um, I think it's there for them. It, it wouldn't surprise me if it happened, but as I have to sit here and make predictions, it's hard for me to to look around the SEC West and say, well, Mississippi State is better than this team or that team. And, you know, they've got to be better than probably more than just one. Like sixth place in the SEC West probably still is not going to be good enough. Yeah, I think I think I agree with you on that one. So, well, Teddy, I hope this isn't the last time I talk to you over the next uh, few months as we get closer to college baseball season. Where will you be opening weekend this year? I'm going to Florida. Um, uh, I'll be bouncing around a little bit. Going to be in Tallahassee. Uh, going to be in uh, going to be in Tampa, and we'll, so we'll uh, we'll see some baseball down in Florida. Sounds good, Teddy Cahill from Baseball America. Man, appreciate your time. Thanks a lot. Absolutely. Thanks so much. So, Robbie, earlier today, uh, you saw Baseball America's preseason predictions for the SEC. Teddy, as he said in the interview, has Mississippi State last in the SEC West. His reasoning just being that he just he thinks the other teams are better. I mean, it really was as simple as that for him. Uh, you know, I certainly agree with him for for LSU and Arkansas. Uh, I, I think Auburn, I mean, has been a pretty consistent postseason team under Butch Thompson, so you could probably go there. A&M under Schlossnagel, probably the same. Alabama lost some big pieces, but, you know, they have a, an exciting coach there, the guy from Maryland. I don't remember his name, but I, I, Maryland's been a good program the past few years. And then you have Ole Miss. You know, Ole Miss is, I think in the best case scenario, Ole Miss's starting rotation was Hunter Elliott and Xavier Rivas in there. Both of those guys are out for the season. It does feel like State and Ole Miss are going to kind of battle for the seller again. But even if State's second, if they're sixth in the West, that's probably not going to be good enough to get into. It may not even be good enough to get into Hoover. Sixth in the West would be pretty bad, I think. Mm-hmm. I, <clears throat> I, I'm starting to, uh, I mean, like, I have no reason to feel this way but i guess but or i shouldn't but i'm starting to feel better about this mississippi state team like i i think they're going to be better than people are giving them credit for mm-hmm. one reason being i just refuse to believe mississippi state's gonna have three straight awful seasons mm-hmm. i just i don't know how that's possible at a program like mississippi state to do that so I just feel like, you know, at some point something's got to give there. And secondly, I got to believe this pitching staff cannot be anywhere close to as bad as it was last year. Surely, surely, Brian, it's not going to be anywhere close to as bad as it was this year or last year, or I mean the year before. So, you know, I, I think people were, I think, I think we're, um, I think we're going to see some things improve from Mississippi State, and I think they could be better, much better than they were um, last year. I mean, it's just it's hard to imagine a Mississippi State team being picked last in a division in baseball. Yeah, it's just like it's hard to fathom. Yeah, well, uh, because you know, it, if at any point they do get it together on the mound, this is a talented roster. That's, this that's is a roster thing, that's yeah. good enough. You know, it's. To me, you know, Alabama is not going to have a better roster than Mississippi State. Right. And with a first year coach, I man, they have more question marks to me than than State does. So that's kind of it's kind of strange. And then Ole Miss, why why do they get the benefit of the doubt over Mississippi State? 
do you feel like especially Ole Miss losing get, your best two pitchers? Does Ole Miss kind of get that benefit of the doubt the way State did last year? State coming Possibly. off of the last place season, you're like, ah, they won't have two bad years. But of course, we say that he's got them predicted six. That's probably not good enough either. Yeah, if Ole Miss and State both missed the tournament. Tournament. I think you have two new head coaches in the state of Mississippi next year. They were already ready to to part ways with Mike Bianco. If they don't get into the NCAA tournament and they were the last team in, and then they win a national title, give them full credit for that. If they don't get in that day, they fire Bianco. He's gone. People will tell you that cover Ole Miss, they had stories written mm-hmm. for when he was fired. Yeah. Or retired, whatever they were going to use. What are they going to say? Yeah. He was they were there was talks behind the scenes from Ole Miss administration that they were moving on. And then he won the national championship, and there's nothing you can do about that at that point. But you can do something, yeah, now. Yeah. If he doesn't win it, if he doesn't get in the postseason this year, I think that's a possibility. Very interesting to see who ends up, if that happens, who ends up with the the perceived better coach. I figure Ole Miss will push all their chips in for Dan Dan McDonald. Um, Or Cliff Godwin. Cliff Godwin's the easy choice. He'll come. McDonald is the is the Godfather thing. You got you got to make him an offer he can't refuse. McDonald's not an, an option for state because the state fires Lamona as his best friend. He ain't coming here. So who does state go after? I know Justin Hare was a big name. A and there's there's been talks that which if Lamona stays mm-hmm. and Ole Miss opens up, I don't think Dan McDonald will go to Ole Miss. No, I don't. I agree with you. I agree. I don't think they want to coach against each other. There have been conversations. A a yeah, there have been conversations about that behind the scenes that people have said Dan McDonald will not coach. Like they, won't, they won't even play each other. I'll let you know that if you ever leave Thunder and Lightning and for another MSU podcast, not only will I continue to podcast, I'm coming for you. Oh, you I know you will. We're friends, but business is business. I'll never leave you, Brian. Good. Oh, that's what we like to hear. I value loyalty, as you know. All right. Uh, tomorrow's show, we'll talk about Mississippi State's uh, trip to Missouri. We'll get more thoughts on this MSU-Georgia game uh, once Robbie and I can uh, can digest it. And uh, maybe a little more football to talk as well. Plus, I'll probably cut out that interview with Coleman Hutzler and put it here on this show as well so you can't miss it. Uh, and we'll see what he has to say. Guys, have a great Thursday. Talk to you again on Friday. For Robbie Falk, I'm Brian Haydad. Thanks for listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk. Talk Mississippi Media Production.